0: The White House National Cyber Director, Chris Inglis, says federal agencies need more authoritative data on the threats they're facing. Inglis is advising Congress to establish a Bureau of Cyber Statistics. That would be within the Homeland Security Department. Its purpose would be to get a big-picture look at cyber threats. Well, the Bipartisan Cyberspace Solarium Commission already recommended creating this bureau, and now members are introducing measures to make it a reality. We get more now from Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. As Postmaster General of the fledgling U.S. Post Office, Benjamin Franklin gave his postmasters a novel assignment. Jot down the local weather conditions and mail them back to headquarters on a postcard. Piecing this information together from the field, Franklin concluded weather in one area didn't exist in a vacuum. Instead, it was the product of conditions sweeping across the country from west to east. National Cyber Director, Chris Inglis, speaking at a recent Atlantic Council event, says the federal government would do well to borrow that approach from history to understand in terms of cyber threats, which way the wind is
1: blowing. It wasn't until we put that picture together that we understood what was happening locally. The same thing's true in terms of what's happening in cyberspace. Um, and we therefore have to appeal to a collection of that data by something, somehow, so that we can get our arms around this.
0: Inglis is urging Congress to stand up a Bureau of Cyber Statistics within the Department of Homeland Security that would collect, analyze, and publish data on cybersecurity, cybercrime, and threats. The idea of the Bureau originates with the Cyberspace Solarium Commission, which also recommended that Congress create Inglis' current job, the Bureau, as envisioned by the commission, would mandate organizations that offer cyber response services or insurance products provide data to the Bureau for statistical purposes every 180 days. Here's Inglis with more on what the Bureau
1: would set out to achieve. To properly address risk, we have to first understand it. We have to understand where it's concentrated, where it cascades, what causes it, and more importantly, to then discover what, how to address it the bureau of cyber statistics would do just that
0: lawmakers are already putting plans for the bureau in motion the defense of u.s infrastructure act introduced by solarium co-chair senator angus king and senators ben sass and mike rounds would require dhs to stand up such a bureau nick Gleiserson the chief of staff for another salary member, Congressman Jim Langevin, says the data collected by the Bureau would help agency chief information security officers get better empirical information on the threats they face rather than rely on anecdotal data that they may currently get. Leiserson says enabling the Bureau to collect data is basically table stakes for what's already being discussed on Capitol Hill, but he says questions remain on how the Bureau would function on a day-to-day basis. Going beyond that, is there some analytical role for BCS, or is it mostly we're going to aggregate the data and then it'll be largely extramural, whether it's another government agency, the private sector, academia, think tank, who will make use of it. So that's question one. Question two is the resources. It's tied to question one, obviously, but, you know, there is a question of, who is going to put forth the bodies to staff the BCS? Where will they live? Will they live at Department of Commerce? Will the Department of Homeland Security? Will they live elsewhere? Question two. That's relatively easy because I think there are good arguments on all sides, and it's also something that's easier to come back and change if we decide we've changed our minds. Josephine Wolf is an assistant professor of cybersecurity policy at Tufts University's Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. She says a Bureau of Cyber Statistics would provide a level of statistical rigor that's been lacking in the cyber policy arena and would help agencies better understand where to commit limited resources.
1: There will always be data points we're missing with the understanding that this landscape will change and we'll need to sort of keep thinking this through as things evolve, but knowing that there are some questions that we should be able to answer here that we can't is very disheartening. I would say there are a lot of things
0: that we have seen really fall apart in the cybersecurity policy space when it comes to measurement. Trey Herr, the director of the Cyber Statecraft Initiative at the Atlantic Council's Scowcroft Center for Strategy and Security, says the Bureau would help answer basic questions with elusive answers like how much the government spends on cybersecurity. But rather than just serve as a warehouse of data, Herr said the Bureau would also help bring together a community of cyber professionals.
1: The BCS opening up and providing access, you think about the National Archives as a good example, it's a repository, but it's also a community hub. For researchers working on those documents, on those topics and in those fields, it's a tremendous venue to try to convene, to build not only awareness, but also insight into those resources across generations of researchers. And I think the BCS can play a similarly valuable role. Beyond
0: advocating for the Bureau of Cyber Statistics, Inglis is also outlining four broad areas of focus for his newly established office. Inglis is stressing the need for federal coherence and unity of effort across more than 100 agency CISOs.
1: We need to ensure that they have common standards, common practices, and that they essentially operate with unity of effort, unity of purpose, such that we can assist those who might need assistance at some particular point in time and understand at any moment in time what the state of play is across all of those. We have for too long been defending these various patches as if they're independent of one another. They might have independent oversight, they might have independent budget lines, but they can no longer have an independent cybersecurity strategy that stops at some boundary.
0: Angla says he's also focused on increasing resiliency across the federal government by increasing vacant cyber jobs and re-examining the skills necessary in these roles. If you have the word
1: cyber or IT in your name, you're probably running about two thirds short at the moment. About one third of those positions are at present empty. We're not gonna solve that by creating a a flock of Bachelor of Science in Computer Science or for that matter, Master in Computer Science we're going to have to re-examine the skills that are actually required and appeal to the broader ecosystem to provide the talent that's required.
0: Inglis says he's
1: also focused on increasing collaboration
0: across the public and private sectors, which includes reconciling the scope of his office with players already on the field, such as the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency and Ann Newberger, the White House's Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber and Emerging Technology.
1: What we need is something where we essentially have a, a merge of the capabilities, authorities, and the will of those various components, um, so that if you're an adversary in this space, you need to beat all of us to beat one of us. You can't pick us off one at a time.
0: Inglis says he's also focused on reviewing the state of cybersecurity spending across the civilian federal government and offering his feedback on that figure to Congress and other stakeholders. To build on Inglis's point on the cyber workforce, DHS is looking at a new personnel system for hiring cybersecurity talent that will go live later this fall. DHS Chief Information Officer Eric Heisen, speaking at a recent event hosted by the Institute for Defense and Government Advancement, says the much-anticipated cyber talent management system will serve as the driving force behind his top-tier priority of investing in the department's IT workforce. Heisen says he's worked closely with Chief Human Capital Officer, Angie Bailey, putting the finishing touches on the talent management and compensation system. He says several major cybersecurity incidents, including the SolarWinds breach, have accelerated the demand for federal IT talent.
1: The IT workforce at DHS has done incredible work uh, getting us through these challenges, setting us up for success. And first and foremost, I want to continue to invest in them.
0: Jory Heckman. Federal News Network. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
1: Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at pluralsitecom vision. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you've entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person